بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد ابن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد respected elders dear brothers and sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته as we speak Millions of hujjaj, of pilgrims, are in the holy cities of Makkatul Mukarramah and Madinatul Munawwara. And hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions more, are arriving on thousands of flights. Hundreds of tons of food is being prepared. Hotels are getting filled up. A sea, an ocean of animals are getting ready to be sacrificed. This is, this is what appears to be happening. But in reality, what's really happening is that millions of souls have an appointment with their Lord on the most sacred land, on the most sacred day of the year. And on that day, the ninth day of Dhul Hijjah, those millions of individuals from a variety of different cultures and ethnicities, social statuses, rich, poor, different ages, each one with their own burden of sins, some more and some more, uh, some less, all of these every single one of these souls will flock to the plains of Arafat. Millions at the same time, like a wave, like a tidal wave of people rushing towards the desert. And they will be there with the greatest hope, with the greatest hope that we'll likely have in the mercy of their Lord, of the Rabb, ever in their lives. And they will all be dressed simply like one another. And nothing will count on that day on the day of Arafah, except for their faith and their deeds. And they will be crying. They will be crying for forgiveness. They will be begging for mercy. They will be bearing their souls, emptying out all the skeletons in their closets, desperately hoping and praying to Allah Azza wa Jal that they will not be sent home empty-handed. And when they come out of that state, there will be hugs, there will be tears. There will be tears and many du'as that all of that effort, that sacrifice, that wealth, and that time that they spent was accepted. And if it was, and inshallah it will be, the Prophet ﷺ has said that Al-Hajjul Mabrur Laysa Lahu Jazaun illa al-Jannah, that the reward of a Hajj Mabrur, a Hajj which is accepted, is nothing but Jannah. And if they come out of that journey of that day without committing any obscenities or wrongdoings their souls will be purified they will be reset and restored to the way they were when they were born so all of that which they have done all of the dirt that they have accumulated all the baggage that their souls are carrying and that's holding them down will be gone and they will start fresh inshallah now you're sitting here and you're listening to this. Most chances are you're not going if you're sitting here right now. Perhaps if you're able to catch a very late flight and you join, inshallah. But otherwise, most chances are you're not going to be there. So it's a good time to start making plans and start thinking about next year to go for Hajj, inshallah. But even without making the trip, this activity that occurs in Makkah al and surrounding areas and the history behind it 
is so beloved to Allah Azza wa Jal that there, He has placed much to be gained even for those who are not going anywhere. Even for those who are sitting at home. Even those who are going to work, going to school, Allah Azza wa Jal has put a lot for us to be gained. Because the blessings of these days of Hajj are so great that Allah Azza wa Jal has put immense blessings in the air everywhere. So while actually being there would have been great, we don't have to limit ourselves to just being spectators left behind to just watch the Hajj on television. Rather, we can also take advantage of these blessed days, the first 10 days of the month of Dhul Hijjah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights the importance of these days, the value of these days, when He swears an oath by them by saying, وَالْفَجْرِ وَلَيَالِنَ عَشْرِ By the dawn and by the 10 nights. And Ibn Kathir rahimahullah and other commentators of the Qur'an mention that the 10 nights here refers to the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. And this opinion was also held by other companions of the Prophet ﷺ and other commentators. Now the Prophet ﷺ said that مَا مِنْ أَيَّامٍ الْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحُ أَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ فِيهِنَّ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأَيَّامِ That there are no days in which righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than these 10 days. There are no days through the entire year, days in which righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than these days. And another hadith that there is no deed more precious in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor greater in reward than a good deed done during the first 10 days, during the 10 days of sacrifice. Ibn Hajar rahimahullah in his commentary of these ahadith, he mentions that the most apparent reason for the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah being distinguished in excellence is due to the assembly of the greatest acts of worship in this period. Meaning, salawat, prayers, siyam, fasting, sadaqah, charity, and the hajj. In no other period do these great deeds combine and come together at the same time of the year. And this is the reason perhaps why this, these 10 days of the month of Dhul Hijjah are distinguished. So what should be done, my brothers and sisters, during these 10 days of Dhul Hijjah? First of all, Allah Azza wa Jal tells us in the Qur'an, وَيَذْكُرُ اسْمَ اللَّهِ فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْلُومَاتٍ Mention the names of Allah on appointed days. Now there's a bit of a difference of opinion here of what exactly is referred to, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to as the appointed days. But the majority of scholars say that it refers to the first 10 days of the month of Dhul Hijjah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has recommended abundant recitation, abundant recitation of the praises of Allah on these days, an increase in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once again, as I mentioned previously, that when we increase the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or when we do any remembrance of Allah, we want to try to do it with our hearts. We want to feel the greatness of Allah azza wa jal in our hearts when we do the dhikr. We want to feel thankfulness towards Allah azza wa jal. We want to feel passion for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we take his name and when we remember him. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that there are no days 
greater in the sight of Allah. مَا مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أَعْظَمُ عِنَّ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى And in which righteous deeds are more beloved to him than these ten days. And then he says, so what should you do? فَكْفِرُوا فِيهِنَّ مِنَ التَّهْلِيلِ وَالتَّكْبِيرِ وَالتَّحْمِيدِ So during this time, recite a great deal of, tah- of tahleel, takbir and tahmeed. Tahleel is to say, la ilaha illallah. Takbir to say, Allahu Akbar. And tahmeed to say, alhamdulillah. And reciting tasbih, which is subhanallah, is also commendable. And this is why one of the narrated forms of takbir, especially during these times, these days, and on the day of Eid, is Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Wallahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. So this includes tahleel, tahmeed, and takbir. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah has related that Ibn Umar and Abu Huraira radiallahu anhum, the two of them, used to go to the, out to the marketplace during the ten days of Dhul Hijjah. They would go about taking care of their business, meaning their personal affairs in the market, shopping, whatever they needed to do. They will be saying takbir as well. They will be reciting this. So you would hear it in the markets and people would also say it. So this was something which was common to hear amongst the Muslims during these 10 days of the hijjah something that we should also endeavor to do as much as possible. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhum, I used to make takbir in Mina on these days. And it is said that he would do it after every prayer, while reclining on his couch, while in his tent, in his gatherings, and when walking all in these days. So once again, it was something which was regular, something which was adopted, and which was said regularly through these days. So that's the first thing, increase the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during these 10 days. Secondly, fasting is also recommended until the ninth day of Dhul Hijjah. The wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ used to fast nine days of Dhul Hijjah and the day of Ashura and three days of each month, the first Monday and two Thursdays. So the fast of the first nine days is recommended. But in particular, the fast of the ninth of Dhul Hijjah, which is the day of Arafah, is recommended in particular but only for those who are not in Hajj. So people, if you go for Hajj, or those who are at Hajj on the day of Arafah, it's not recommended that they fast. But for those who are not performing Hajj, the fast of the ninth day of the Hijjah is recommended. The Prophet ﷺ was asked, was asked about the fasting of the ninth day of the Hijjah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, that it expiates for the sins of the previous year and the upcoming year. That fast of one day expiates for the sins of the past year, of the previous year, and of the coming year. Imam Nawawi rahimahullah says that fasting during this period, this first nine days of the Hijjah, that it is highly, extremely recommended. Highly and extremely recommended. So as much as possible, if we have the ability, we should try our best to fast during these days, inshaAllah. 
So apart from increasing the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fasting through the first nine days, or at least fasting on the ninth day, apart from that, any other act of worship, repentance, virtue, may be done, and inshallah, it will be greatly rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because as we have heard, the actions done on these days are the most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this includes charity, you know, giving in charity, recitation of Qur'an, helping the needy, doing da'wah, seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our sins, performing the night prayer, performing tahajjud, you know, mending ties between family members, spreading the salam, feeding people, offering salah in congregation, honoring our parents, our guests, reigniting, rekindling our family ties, visiting the sick, and so on and so forth. All of the acts of virtue, anything which is considered to be amil salihat inshallah, it will be greatly rewarded. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love you for that. Allah azza wa jal will love you for making an extra effort. For making an extra effort to do deeds which He loves at a time that He loves. Inshallah, you will also gain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And beginning at Fajr on the ninth day of Dhul-Hijjah. So from the Fajr of the ninth day of Dhul-Hijjah to the Asr prayer of the thirteenth day of Dhul-Hijjah. Meaning, beginning on Wednesday morning because Eid al-Adha is on Thursday, September 24th. That is the tenth of Dhul-Hijjah. So starting on the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah from the Fajr prayer all the way to the Asr of the 13th, which would be Sunday. So beginning Fajr on Wednesday until Asr on Sunday, insha'Allah, after every obligatory prayer we should recite, the takbir, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. And the brothers should recite it out loud. It is recommended that the sisters also recite it, but they recite it softly, insha'Allah. And once again, this continues from the Fajr prayer, this begins on the Fajr prayer of the 9th of Dhul-Hijjah and lasts until the Asr prayer of the 13th of Dhul-Hijjah, insha'Allah. The 10th day of Dhul-Hijjah, of course, as I mentioned, is the day of Eid al-Adha. And fasting on that day is not permissible. Right? And this is the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same thing with Ramadan as well. We fast, and then there, we fast, especially in Ramadan when it's obligatory. Here in Dhul-Hijjah it is highly recommended. The ninth of the Hijjah especially, and then on the ten it becomes prohibited. On the day of Eid, it is prohibited. It is Hanawa Haram to fast on that day. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said actually for the Hijjah also on the tenth, the eleventh, the twelfth, thirteenth days of the Hijjah as well are days when there should be no fasting. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has described these days as the days of eating, drinking, halal of course, and remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So the days of Eid, Ayyamul Eid, Ayyamu Aklin wa Shurwin. These are the days of eating and drinking. So this is something that we should do, of course, in moderation, which can be difficult. But in moderation, eat and drink of that which is halal and enjoy the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thank Allah azza wa jal for His blessings. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us His love and His acceptance during these special days. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us those who visit his house and perform hajj over and over again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us those who make 
full use and take full advantage of these blessed days, performing good deeds that are accepted by Allah Azza wa Jal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us those who are blessed with His mercy and His love. Ameen wa akhir da'wan. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Inshallah this evening, we will be having a special session on Dhul Hijjah and the sacrifice. And this will be at our musallah.